on episode 73 of Thoughts from the Shade. The Eagles moved to 12-1 and this past weekend and head to Chicago this coming weekend, uh, NFL Week 14. Uh, we've got a call into the spot in the shade line that will answer, and we'll also answer some listener questions from the Instagram. It's episode 73. Let's do it. Welcome back, everybody. It's Thoughts from the Shade. The white whale is back. We tracked him down and was ready to, to bag on him uh, this week as he makes his return. Bomb is back, uh, but he's battling. He's battling. This is the Michael Jordan flu episode for the bomb. Let's welcome him, welcome him in. Uh, bomb, welcome back. How you been? What's new? What do you got for the people, man? Where you been? What's up, Jay? Um, not a whole lot, man. Like like most other people, I think battling the vid here, but we're trying to power through it. We're trying to keep the chin up and just uh, you know gear up for all the you know the slate of bowl games and, and NFL games. But uh, happy to be back. It's good to have you back. Hope you hope you feel better, and we appreciate you sludging through this episode. Uh, so we might as well not waste any time, Eagles. Moved to twelve and one in the Meadowlands Sunday, forty-eight to twenty-two, victory over the G man, the New York Giants. Uh, just a completely pitiful performance out of them. But I don't think there's like a ton to recap, honestly, dude. And I don't know how you feel. I'll throw it over to you. But like, I'm just kind of to the point where we got to discuss like where this team's at instead of like breaking down the game. Yeah, wake me up when they clinch the bye. Like, I, we need to do a deep dive into, you know, what Howie's going to do against New Orleans. Does he play the starters to to ensure that the Saints lose? Does he do they or do they rest guys to gear up for the playoffs? I think, uh, you know, depending upon what the Cowboys do this weekend and depending upon what the Eagles do down in Jerry Worlds, we could be looking at a uh, a pretty restful final few weeks of the season here for the starters. And how do you feel about that? Because that's that's like kind of where we're at, right? We clinched the playoff spot. Probably need to win two, maybe three of the last four to to clinch uh, home field, the number one seed, the bye, and so forth. Like now that we're in this mode, we're at this time of year. Like I have some thoughts or some feelings about like I don't know that I want to have guys sitting out for like two games like one week not so bad but then then you got the buy right so you sit out week 18 you you get the buy that's two weeks off like if they got number one seed locked up by new orleans then that's that's three weeks that maybe these guys aren't going to play and that i don't know but do you do you lose your mojo um it's a little bit of a scary thought for me yeah, that's a scary thought. I'll tell you what's an even scarier thought is uh, your dual threat quarterback twisting an ankle and being unable to be 100% in the playoffs. We saw what happened last year against Tampa with, with a, uh, a, a bad ankle and, and a gimpy wheel. Granted, 
You know, he was a different he's a different player this year. He's got new weapons. He can throw the ball around the yard, but is there any reason why a Gardner Minshew can't get the final two games of the year and, and do a job against New Orleans and, and keep Hurts healthy and out of harm's way? I mean, uh, I don't know. It's something to consider. No, I think it, I mean it has to be done with with QB one, but on on a wide scale, a team wide scale, like it just it it gives me a little bit of of hesitancy to think that these guys aren't going to play like meaningful reps or two or maybe three weeks and then head into a a divisional round game with like I don't know a Dallas a, a Tampa um I don't know who's who's going to be there at that point but these these guys won't be that sharp but um I mean maybe, maybe they probably will be but that's just a, a concern that I have but just watching this team man like I'm just going back to the game and, and just thinking about the season thus far overall you get the clinch how easy has this season felt? How easy have these last couple weeks looked? Like, it's just remarkable. I can't remember a time outside of maybe 17 uh, where things just, like, looked so easy. And not only do they look so easy, I'm just, like, almost, like, emotionless. Like, I think in 2017 it was, like, the first time in a long time, probably since, what, 04, that we were really beating the brakes off of people uh, seven and one or eleven and one, whatever they got to, right? And now this year, it's like the same deal, and but it's not like totally new. Like we we've done it kind of recently, so like they're just coming out here and mowing people down. It looks like they're like especially against the Giants and the Titans these last two weeks. It almost looks like these are like scrimmages for for the Eagles, and they just they come out in this Giants game. They give up one first down, force the punt, and then you know the. Uh, the route is on. So I don't know how, how you feel about it, but it's just, it's, it's an odd feeling. I mean, it's great. It's exciting, but like, I don't, the juice isn't going to be there until I see these guys in January at the link with the crowd going. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll make the parallel to 17. It feels a lot like we're a grant, you know, granted there's, you know, more games, you know, in this era of the NFL, they added it, added a game, but, uh, you know, it feels a lot like we're in that part of the schedule where it feels like the Denver game in 17 where they just blow the doors off of the Broncos and the party's on. Um, I was at that game. Uh, everyone was talking about the great Denver defense, Vaughn, your boy Vaughn Miller. And uh, I think I walked out of the stadium at halftime or maybe, you know, 10 minutes left in the third quarter and, and you know, went to Xfinity because the party was on. Um it feels like that's where we're at right now at this point in the season. But let's not forget what happened in 17. Let's not forget what happened in 04. T.O. breaks his leg. Like, it's it's never going to be as simple as just route after route marching to the Super Bowl in this fucking city. There will be something that occurs. I don't know if it's A.J. Brown. I don't know if it's Devontae Smith. I don't know if it's one of their corners. I don't know if it's the quarterback, the O-line, the D-line. But... If this team just marches to the Super Bowl without any adversity or any injuries or anything like those other two Super Bowl teams that, you know, one that won it in 17 and one that lost to the Pats in, in 04, I mean, I'd be shocked. There is there is something that is coming our way. I think everybody in Philadelphia feels that way. We're all just kind of waiting with, uh, you know, bated breath. Like, well, what's going to happen here? 
but yeah, it, it, it always feels like you're, you're waiting, waiting for that bad news. We haven't gotten any like tragic injuries, right? Uh, you think about Garner Johnson, Goddard missing time here and there. I think Goddard was activated today, uh, maybe to the, the active roster, uh, or, or something, some variant of that, and has to be activated by by Saturday to play against Chicago. I think that's still up in the air. Garner Johnson still a little bit of a ways away, uh, and then we lost Sipos, man. I mean, he he gets gets the punt blocked. He makes the heads up play, and that Meadowlands turf just eats him up. Uh, but Howie, you know, I I don't know if if you're ready to 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 go off about King Howie bringing in a former Pro Bowl punter from the Titans and Brent Kern to uh, replace Sipos, but uh, he got that done. And then you also lose Reed Blankenship. I don't think that's long-term, but he was already a reserve for, for Garner Johnson, and we bring back Anthony Harris. Uh, but, yeah, there's always – it just always feels like it's it's too good to be true in Philly when, when things are going this well, and you're just waiting. You're playing that waiting game for, for somebody to, to snap a leg – uh, concussion, take a big hit, so, something not so fortunate to happen. So let's clinch as soon as we can. You, you've convinced me. Let's uh, let's let's get these guys rested, get them f- fully healthy. Because I think I alluded to it last week with Bob Party. Like you can do whatever you want in the regular season, but the team that is playing the best and is the healthiest going into the playoffs typically has the best chance to make a deep run and, and ultimately win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, did, did, did you have anything else that you kind of wanted to, to talk about the birds with, or do you want to nah. talk about the, talk about the league, talk about week 14, what went down? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of thinking like, I know we, we did our, what did we do? Damage or dud like a few weeks back? Like, I'm curious to hear your thoughts, but like I'm to the point in this NFL season where I think like I think there's five good teams. And and by good teams I mean like teams that if the Eagles played their A game and the, and this team as an opponent played their A game like the Eagles could catch an L, uh whether whether it be in the playoffs or the Super Bowl. And I'll I'll give you those five teams. Obviously you have the Eagles, right? Uh the only other team that I that gives me a little concern or raises an eyebrow for me is obviously San Francisco, uh, great defense, great in the trenches. And I think we do shit on him a lot on this podcast, but like you got to give Kyle Shanahan a little bit of credit because he's built like this system that somehow, some way, no matter who the quarterback is, like the team still finds a way to have a decent amount of success. Now, will that get them over the top to win an NFC championship to win a Super Bowl? I don't know. I, I don't think that's super likely, um, but I think they're they're probably the Eagles' biggest competition in the NFC at this point. And then I'm looking over to the AFC, and you got the Chiefs, you got the Bills, and quietly the Cincinnati Bengals have won five in a row, and they are looking pretty damn good. Uh, Jamar Chase is back. That offensive line that struggled early in the year, uh, they're becoming a more formidable unit. So th- those are my five teams. I Honestly, even maybe if it wasn't for that bozo coach, uh, as you like to call XL boy, Brandon Staley, I would drop the Chargers in there too now that they're healthy.
I'm at a loss for words at the teams that you just seemingly would have some consternation if the Eagles played. I mean, I mean, do but, you think do you think they're just going to roll and blow everybody out to the Super Bowl? Yeah, I do. <laughs> um, I, 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 I mean, think about what you just said. The stroke fest that is Shanahan. He's he's gonna he's gonna waltz to a Super Bowl with a quarterback who couldn't win the fucking Big Twelve last year. <laughs> Come on, man! I'm just saying it's it's competition, and I look, I get it. I, I'm I'm as big of of a Shanahan critic as you, but there's something to be said for that. Like they're on their third quarterback of the year, and they just blow out the Bucks. I know the Bucks are having a pretty tough year, but like. This guy just plugs guys in, and they continue to win. I'm not saying that they're better than the Eagles. I'm just saying, like, I think they're better than Dallas. I think they're better than Minnesota. They're obviously better than Tampa Bay. We just saw that the other day. So that's where I'm at. Uh, like, what do you think about the AFC? Tampa stinks. I think Buffalo is a bunch of frauds. Josh Allen's a turnover machine in the red zone. You got the loser at head coach, uh, McDermott, LaSalle, loser. Um, he's, a, he's an imposter. He's a fraud. Um, I think – Ultimately, it comes down to Kansas City. So, you know, give me give me Big Red. Give me his, uh, you know, his his entire shtick shovel passes down at the goal line. I mean, I, I'm ready. I, I'm ready. I, I think that's it. Eagles, Eagles, Chiefs. Eagles, Chiefs. Dial it up. Put that put that future matchup in now. Might be, might still get some plus money on that. But you you talk about Big Red. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, remember when they went to the Super Bowl the year the year T.O. went out? I mean, that was kind of a joke of an NFC. They played like an 8-8 eight and eight Vikings in the divisional round, right? And Fred X thanked his hands for recovering a fumble. Um, and, and then they played, you know, Mike Vick, who's running a, a dogfighting operation instead of reviewing film. But... End of the day, it's not like that guy was focused on football. They just waltzed to a Super Bowl that year without their best player. I mean, that, that's what it's going to be this year. I mean, I think this team could go to the Super Bowl in a, in a, in a fairly easy fashion with Minshew at quarterback. Wow. we're. I don't know how to feel because you're telling me, like, you're kind of worried that, you know, something bad is, is always coming and, and maybe an injury or – they flop some somehow they go they go flat maybe they they rest up and, and then they come into the playoffs and they're flat and, and then you're telling me that they're gonna waltz right right to the big dance in Glendale. So well, what, the reason I'm saying put these guys in bubble wrap is I'm just not fearful at all of, of any any team in the NFC. Yeah, I I, I get that. Um, I don't I don't know. That's that like I'm. This is why this season to me is so strange because it, it literally feels so easy and I'm I hear what you're saying and and I agree with you to a point that like yes this team as constructed as they're performing currently yes they could waltz right to the Super Bowl but I feel like we've watched enough sports we've watched enough Philly sports to know that that's just not how it happens but Maybe this is the outlier, and I hope that it is. It would be fantastic. Um, the other thing I kind of wanted to bring up and get your thoughts on, because 
you think about some of our gripes with the Washington loss, the the Colts uh, squeaker of a win, and we kind of criticized the coaching a- after those games. But you, you look at the coaches of these other teams that I mentioned. Uh, aside from Andy Reid, do any of these coaches really scare you? We talked about Shanahan. Yes, he does a good job, but but I think it only gets you so far. Um, who else? We we talk about McDermott. He doesn't strike any fear into me that he's going to totally out game plan somebody, a Sirianni or a Gannon or whatever. Um, who else? The Chargers, XL boy. He's not going to. The Bengals, they have Zach Taylor. He's not an intimidating coach. So, so when you think about how might the Eagles lose – at some point in this run, maybe maybe look at, at a disadvantage in a coaching matchup, but I don't even see that. Even if they get Dallas, they get Minnesota, McCarthy, O'Connell, even the coach, the coaches of these contenders are, are not anything to write home about aside from Big Red. Yeah, you almost have to wonder if they need to change the name of the league to the National Fraud, fraud League because it's just fraud after fraud. It's a... It's a Capital One fraud fest, as you like to say. Um, I brought up the Cowboys. I mean, they needed a late fourth quarter drive, uh, as well as the uh, a botched fourth and goal from the one QB sneak out of the Houston Texans uh, to survive at home on Sunday uh, over Houston, twenty-seven to twenty-three. Uh, the Detroit Lions, that was one of my favorite plays this week. They get the big win. Uh, they've quietly won five of six. They're six and seven. Uh, I believe they're the first first team out in the NFC at the moment. Um, and then we got to talk about the Jags, the Jacksonville Jags and what they're doing. Trevor Lawrence absolutely lighting it up. He's on fire. Uh, they're up to five and eight on the season. So we need two out of these last four, Bomb, for you to cash that regular season win total of six and a half. And they finish against the Cowboys, where we're going to need a little bit of help this week. Uh, they travel to New York to play the Jets. They're at Houston and at home versus Tennessee. So I, I, I like your chances of cashing that over six and a half preseason ticket. Feels like a minimum of three wins there, doesn't that? I think so. I think I think the the Dallas and the Jets is is probably a split, and they'll they'll take Houston. And who knows? I mean, I thought Tennessee was pretty formidable. The Eagles blow them out. I mean, they're blowing everybody out, and then uh, they get blown out by Jacksonville. So what 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 is Tennessee now like? Is that will they play Jacksonville tougher later? I don't know. They seem like they're they're trending downward. Yeah. And. It is that time of year where, like, some of these teams were really starting to see, like, who's who. Like, Seattle had that hot start, and they've fallen off. Um, you know, we're really starting to see that separation. It's the stretch run. Uh, it's the best time of year. But I, I got to throw it over to you. I was trying to I was trying to get you there, Bomb, uh, with the Jags. But how about the job Doug Peterson's done? All right, G says, you know, I couldn't make last week's episode. Big shout out to Bob Party. I got a, uh, I do have a tie in though. You know, I, I, I was producing a ton of content, even uh, in the absence of being on the episode. And it, it has to do with Doug Peterson. Okay. So I was up at a, at a meeting, in person meeting, a little team building, et cetera, up in New York. And one of the exercises we were asked to do as a team is to prepare 
a 15 minute conversation around a leader, really anyone, uh, could be a parent, could be a former boss who has inspired you, who has inspired your own leadership qualities, techniques, etc. So, you know, everybody's going around the room and uh, they're talking about former bosses. They're talking about their parents. So they get to the bomb. And, uh, you know, I got the whole spiel down. I start talking about a guy who was a backup quarterback for Dan Marino and Brett Favre, you know, played under Don Shula, played under Mike Holmgren, played under Andy Reid. Goes back to high school to begin his coaching career, etc. And I start talking about Doug. And, uh, gee, I got to tell you, I went full T.O. That's my so every, everyone's going around the room and everyone's <laughs> saying all these great stories about their, you know, all these people who've inspired them, most of whom they've met. I've never met Doug Peterson. And I started bawling like a baby, G. Oh I my mean, God. I, literally in the in, in the context of a work meeting, I'm crying about a grown man who coached the Philadelphia Eagles to a Super Bowl. Um, and, and, and I just owned it. I said, look, here's the deal. This guy was called a stunad. He was called a bozo. Everybody hated on him. He was hired for his EQ after Chip Kelly left the franchise in turmoil. You know, he wins a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. He's... You know, even after they win the Super Bowl, you really respected how he went about his business. I talked about the Brandon Brooks and Lane Johnson situation with anxiety and depression. Those guys had to miss games, leave the team, etc. Like the way he handled that, I thought was, you know, super professional, the kind of thing you want in a leader. And then I talked about the ice cream. You know, the guys prepare, you do your job, you get the ice cream and you go about your business. So here I am at a, at a you know, at a work conference and I'm just, you know, Crying like T.O. That's my quarterback. That's my head coach. So I close out. I close out and I said, look, you know, and I said to my boss, I'm not sure I would say this about you, but I do have an audio clip that one of, you know, Doug's players said about him. It was just last week. So I played the audio clip of the guy saying, I would die for Doug Peterson. I would die for Doug Peterson. So I think the people ate it up. But, you know, we, we got to roll with Doug this weekend. All right. I mean. There's no chance that they don't get the job done. You know, he hates Dallas. But I figured I had to share that story because I thought it was kind of comical. I wasn't expecting to weep like T.O. But, you know, we're talking about Doug. We're talking about a guy who I would die for. That's unbelievable. I, th- I think you I think you might have texted me like right after you gave the, the brief or the pr- presentation and you're like, there were no dry eyes for me for that presentation. And I'm just like, that's that's something else out of you, man. But, yeah, we need some help from Doug this week. Uh, the Cowboys go to Jacksonville, 1 o'clock on Sunday. Cowboys are a short four-point favorite on the road. So we'll hope Doug Peterson can honor you, bomb and get the dub over the hated Dallas Cowboys. Now, did the, did the boss, you know, was he looking for anything out of you? Like, would you die for me, man? Like, would you die for the shareholders? I said it at the top. I said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't die for anyone here, but, you know, <laughs> but, but it shows how great of a leader Doug is, you know, his players are willing to die for him. For sure. And, um, and you're, you're still employed. I, yeah, I'm still employed. I talked a little bit about, you know, how he, 
he was kind of one of the first guys in the league to take the analytical angle and, you know, the idea that you can kind of take smart risks based on data and get people to buy in on that. I mean, that's an important aspect, I think, of business is to make educated, educated bets. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think there's a ton of tie-ins, but I mean, yeah, how do you, you know, we, I work for a, a, a mental health company and, you know, I was struck, you know, as I was kind of going back through Doug's tenure, I was kind of struck by how he handled the Brandon Brooks and the uh, and the Lane Johnson situation between the depression and the anxiety. And, you know, Lane, Lane Johnson was even on the record saying Doug brought him back from the abyss. So clearly a guy who's able to inspire his people. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's Doug. That's why I love Doug. That's Doug. He'll he'll always hold a special place uh, in our hearts here in Philly. Uh, let's look ahead Sunday, one o'clock as well. Eagles at Chicago. Eagles are laying nine. I mean, what what is there to say? Justin Fields questionable with illness. He's banged up. I mean, what what else do they even have? Um, should be another. Dare I say preseason looking scrimmage looking game for the birds just come come out healthy grab a dub i don't i don't care if you cover i'm not taking the bears um come out healthy get the dub move on get ready for dallas any chance of a look ahead spot here i don't think with this team nah nah this team is they're not a look ahead team but nine points by the way i think is totally disrespectful um i might hammer them let's go yeah, I mean the, the numbers they've been putting up, dude. It's 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 hard to not just blindly bet them religiously now at this point. And I know I kind of killed people for it a couple weeks ago, explaining my rationale for for betting against them. But like the way these last few weeks have gone, I can't blame those people anymore right now. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Hammer the birds. We'll look forward to Sunday. Try to move to thirteen and one. Move a notch closer to that desired number one seed by first round by and home field advantage. Let's uh let's change gears. It's been a minute since we've had some feedback from the people. Uh, but as always, if you want to get involved, we do have the spot in the shade line, 215-385-5164. And let's see what this week's caller. As for us today, Bob. Boys, what's going on? Um, look, I'd be remiss, first off, wishing you and everybody else a uh, happy holiday. But uh be remiss if we didn't uh, throw out an RIP for the great Mike Leach tonight. And I, you know, I challenge both of you. I mean, maybe if you want to talk about what you guys thought he meant to the game. But as two guys who uh, may or may not be getting ready to get married, um, I, I challenge you, go and listen to his rant on weddings. Because when I was getting married a few years ago, I played that for my now wife, and she was pissed. She, you know, he's going off about how all the women in your life are going to go nuts. Believe it, believe it. And she's sitting there thinking, yeah, you know what? You know, yeah, maybe I was a little harsh on this guy because he's spot on. Everyone's going fucking nuts. So look, R.I.P. to one of the greats. But uh, if you get a chance, go back and listen to that because guess what? It's coming your way, bitches. Wow. Hunting us down. I mean, first of all, yes, uh, we lost 
college football coaching legend Mike Leach. I believe it was Monday evening. Uh, terrible news in the college football world. Um, so rest in peace uh, to a great one. Uh, before we get to like the wedding stuff, I guess, Bob, like let's, I'm not going to sit here and say like that I was uh, a through and through like diehard Mike Leach fan or, or, or act like that at all. But like the guy was just a great quote, no matter what. I mean, all, all the clips that have surfaced since his passing, um, you can't not stop and, and listen to any of them. And it, it's really remarkable. The guy, the guy just kept it real. He kept it loose. He kept it fun. Um, and it's, it's crazy to think in 2022 in this day and age that like some of the stuff that he went on about, like even, even the wedding example, like I, I had that clip dialed up for this episode already, like that, that, I don't know that that shit flew, but like, that's just who he was. He, he was open. He was honest. Uh, he didn't really care what people thought. Um, and, and obviously a great coach. And, and I think it's a crime that I don't think he is, uh, able to be nominated or, or induced into, I don't know if it's the college football hall of fame or the football hall of fame because his coaching record all time is like 59.6% his win percentage. And it, it has to be 60% to qualify. That was the word I was looking for, uh, for this, this hall of fame. So your thoughts on the call and on Mike Leach. Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously on the field, you know, he's known for great offenses, being able to chuck the ball around the field really spread it out and threw it more than anybody and I think ushered in this new era of college football. I mean, it really started with uh, Graham Harrell and Crabtree and kind of how that team ascended to those, you know, peaks, um, I think finishing 11-2. and two. Um, But then he replicated the success at Wazoo, a team that was a doormat for many, many years. And, uh, you know, unfortunately kind of, got his break into the SEC, I think, a little too late. But, yeah, sad, sad to hear. I mean, off the field, obviously a great interview, like like you said. His uh, his comments on weddings and the selection, the selections associated with weddings, the strawberry shortcake versus the blueberry pie and how you have to have an opinion on the colors of the invitations. I mean, I'm going through that right now as we speak. Um, but I think – the thing that I love most love most about Mike Leach is is how he never let the feud with Texas Tech go. Um, he believed he was inappropriately sunsetted there as a result of Craig James and his son. Um, people forget Craig James used to be the dude on ESPN. And I saw something today as I was reading more about about Leach, and he wrote a book called Swing Your Sword. And I guess he signed it. Did you see how he signed it to this one guy? No, no, I didn't. He inscribed it. He signed his name and he inscribed it CJK5H. And I guess that's an abbreviation for Craig James killed five hookers. And that was, a, I guess, a meme that was going around when he, when he was, uh, when, when Craig James was, uh, you know, kind of smearing Mike Leach. Um, so there was a, there was a meme and a, and a, and a, a, you know, a false rumor that, that Craig James, the father of, of this son who, you know, was really, you know, kind of a baby. Uh, there was, there was a, you know, an internet rumor and a meme that Craig James killed five hookers while he was a player at SMU. So, uh, 
you know, Mike Leach couldn't stand the guy, and I thought it was absolutely hilarious that the inscription read CJK5H. That's that's intense. I didn't know it went that deep with Texas Tech, but yeah, I think he spent like most the better part of a decade at Texas Tech, 2000 to 2009, went on to Wazoo for close to the next decade, and I, I believe it was maybe year three or four at Mississippi State. Um, but but it's funny, our caller mentioned sending that clip uh, to his now wife. I, I sent that clip uh, yesterday to my now fiance. We're not very far along in, in the wedding planning process. So tr- trying to minimize, uh, you know, I'm trying to take the advice of Mike Leach, but let's let let's let's roll the clip because I think a lot of our listeners are are recently married or are getting married, uh, or or might have that stage of their life coming uh, in the not so distant future. So let's just hear it uh, from the man himself, and this is courtesy of Alyssa Lang on Twitter uh, and the SEC and ESPN. I know you have strong thoughts on weddings. Um, I'm in the middle of planning one right now. Do you have you any are? advice for me? Who yeah. are you marrying? His name is Trevor. Okay, yeah, well, I'll have to you set up a meeting and I'll talk to him. Um, okay, so uh, where's Trevor from? He's from Florida. What does Trevor do for a living? He works in sports as well, covers football. He does what? He covers football as well. Really? Well, I don't know. We'll keep a close eye on it, but whatever you and Trevor decide, I would kind of keep it on the down low, which you failed to do that. Trevor was probably planning to, but you didn't. Uh, so go ahead and uh, uh, don't don't say anything else about it, but as soon as the season's over, or even an off week, go elope. Trust me on that. Go elope. Because uh, basically every female in the family is going to terrorize you guys until it's over. Once it's over, I mean, they'll be upset for a few days, but it'll be over. And then, you know, you cruise away, uh, along, have a happy marriage, have a happy life. I'll pass along the message. Thanks, Coach. Congrats okay. on the win. Trevor, unless he's crazy, is totally on my side. And trust me on this. <clears throat> if Trevor doesn't uh, have the sense to do that, tell him to call me because, I mean, he needs to do trust. I've told all my kids, I'll give you $10,000 extra if you elope. So far, they haven't done it, but I would, too. I'll have him call you for sure. That's 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 gold. Uh, I think, the, dude, the best part about that is that, like, it's right after a win and the band's playing in the background, and you can see his players, like, huddling up for the, the fight song or the alma mater. Uh, but great life advice, man. The guy just let it rip. I mean, people are sharing stories about how he was taking phone calls and talking shop, talking life, like in the middle of football practices. So uh, a legend, uh, an honest man who, who will we'll miss him. We'll, we'll miss the quote for sure. Great coach, a, a great quote, uh, RIP to Mike Leach. Uh, elsewhere in the college football world, we had the army Navy game on Saturday. First time in its history. It goes to overtime with army winning 20 to 17. Uh, and Saturday night, Caleb Williams of USC takes home the Heisman trophy. Let's get to, let's get to some listener questions. Uh, we had to postpone last night to tonight. So I went on Instagram looking for some feedback, some input from the people. Um, and we got a couple of questions back. So let's start here. Uh, this this should be an interesting conversation. If you guys haven't already recorded, I'd like a breakdown on the light beer game 
thoughts on Miller versus Coors versus Bud, what it says about a guy, etc. Uh, I can start. <laughs> Granted that I, I did get to see this and you know didn't give you the app brief until we we sat down tonight, but it's an interesting discussion and, and I think it's worth having. Uh, I'm going to start with with my preference. Uh, I have I used to be a Coors like guy through and through. Uh, my friends and I used, used to coin or throw around the term it's the CL smoothie uh, and, and crushing a few smoothies. But in the last probably three to four years, and it might be since I started seeing my fiance, I, th- her family drinks Miller Lite. So I've kind of transitioned over to Miller Lite. So I, I still have a, a spot in my heart for Coors Light. I'll drink it. Um, but I've, be- I've become a Miller Lite guy. And the other thing I'll say about those two is like, I think I'm a Miller Lite guy, but the the difference in bottles versus cans, like for some reason that makes a difference to me. If it's a can, I'm going Coors Light. If it's a bottle, I'm going Miller Lite. But but Bud Light is is way down that list. Like I'll drink it if if it's what somebody's got and it's cold, it's, it's doable. Uh, but I, I'm Miller Lite, Coors Light, and Bud Light. Where where are you at? I think it's a great question. Um, I got a little bit of a different take. I think I think between those three beer. First of all, if you if you're like a uh, a craft beer guy, you're a loser, you're a douche. Um, <laughs> wow. No, nobody wants to hear you opine about you know this new craft beer that you discovered. Um, uh, you know, I have a buddy who's a craft beer guy, and all he talks about is, well, you know, you guys have to drink fifteen of the of the Millers, the Coors, and the Bud Lights, and I only have to drink six of these. Like, I, I, pal, I don't give a fuck. Okay, um, you do you, but I, I don't need to hear about you know your your craft beer. So let, let's just dig into this question. So I think the kind of beer that a guy likes, you can you can look back on their college experience. So. You know, I was a natty guy in, in, in college, okay? You got some people that were Keystone Crumb Bums. And the Keystone Crumb Bums generally grow up to be Coors guys because it's the same can, it's the same company, brewing the same, same bullshit. You know, I grew up to be a Bud Light guy, okay? But what I've noticed after college is the taste, you know, the the the, the flavor, the your, your, your beer-drinking tongue tends to evolve. So... I went from a natty college guy to a, a, a Bud Light guy post grad to a, a Miller guy in kind of the late twenties. I'm I've rotated early thirties into Coors. I think I'm rotating back to Miller. I think so. Bud Light. I think you know it's a little sweeter. I think Coors is a little dull. I think Miller's got the best kind of kick. So I mean, I, for me, I think all you got to do is look at uh, what a guy drank in college, and you could probably determine you know, what they're drinking as an adult. To your point, though, on the Miller bottle, okay, first of all, I couldn't disagree more. I think Bud Light bottles are the best, the the best bottled beer. Um, so, you like, so you like Bud Light. I got Bud Light way down. Like No, well, Bud Light bottle is, is, is so much better than a Miller Light bottle or a, or a Coors Light bottle. Um I actually think Bud Light Draft is the best out of the three is from a draft beer. But I'll tell you where Miller lost me, okay? I'll drink a Miller can any day of the week at a tailgate. But 
they got to bring back the bottle. And you don't you don't recall this because you weren't a Miller guy, okay? They got to bring back the Vortex neck. The Vortex bottleneck. I remember uh, that. That gimmick, that, that, that's, that scheme, that gimmick that they had. I, I've never heard a guy talk more about the Vortex bottle and how it helps him drink so many beers other than my boy Party Marty just talking about the Vortex neck and how great it is for his beer drinking. I mean, if they brought back the Vortex bottle, I'd exclusively be a Miller Lite guy. And the, so the vortex bottle, it's got like the like the indents in, in the in the neck. Like it's almost. Like, and this is a poor comparison, but it's almost like a, a ribbed rubber, right? Like in the neck. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? Yeah, it makes it more pleasurable. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Like, Holy hell! No. I, Dude, I, I remember that, and it, it is it is a good little gimmick to to get the people back. So maybe we need we need to pitch that to them. Maybe maybe pitch a sponsorship. But like, so you, it sounds like you drink. You're open to all of them. Like, and I'm not. I don't think Bud Light is like trash by any means. I mean, first of all, it's light beer. You talked about your craft beer guy. Um, you know, people that drink light beer, like they just like to have a good time. They, they don't want to get too full. They're in for a marathon. They want to drink 15 and not have a hangover. Like I respect that. And like I mix in a, a, a hazy IPA or something, a Guinness once in a while. But like if, if I'm having a day or a night, like you, you just got to pick a light beer and stick with it. You don't get too fucked up. You have a good time. You don't feel like shit the next day. You don't get too full. It's, it, it's, it's the best choice. Um, but like, I feel like most people that, that I know that drink Bud Light, like exclusively are like insane savages, uh, that, that, I mean, I said not, not getting too fucked up in terms of drinking light beer, but I feel like the people that I know that drink exclusively Bud Light, like really get after it, uh, and, and can really crank it up. Uh, and that's cause they're probably natty guys in college. You know, what did you drink in college? Were you a Keystone guy? No, we drank natty. I don't believe it because you were a Coors guy. Yeah, that's where that's where I'm not I'm not I'm not making making the correlation there. I guess I mean there there might be some some value and some truth to it, uh, or maybe I'm just an oddball. But I, I I don't see that. I just see people that that drink Bud Light. I, I think you know some of them as well that they 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 just are insane. Um, I think Coors Light is kind of like the middle of the road, like the the working man's light beer. Uh, I can't help but think of of our our buddy Juice, our, our former guest and and good friend. Uh, he he's he's a Coors Light guy, through and through. Like every time we get to the golf course, oh, we getting two smoothies, two smoothies. So, like, I don't know if it's if it's the golf light beer, um, but I can't help but think of him. And I just think it's like a, a middle of the road. I feel like a lot of people that that drink Coors Light smoke cigarettes too. Like, there's nothing like you see that silver bullet. And then you can't help but think of somebody ripping a dart, uh, drinking a Coors Light. And then I, I, I don't know. I think I think Miller Light is is the class of light beer, and I, I think it's superior. I think you talked about the taste. Uh, I think it's just got the, the classic look of the bottle. Uh, I think it's I think it's the class and the superior light beer. I just I get different feelings and emotions when I see the different labels on those bottles. Uh, that that blue Bud Light, it's all blue. I just think of people getting blasted, the silver bullet, uh, people ripping darts, and then the Miller Lite, just the nice, clean, white label is is just the class for me. 
well, because they went and did the retro kind of branding. But, you know, if you could roll the, the, the Bud Light cans back to that kind of, you know, gray can with the red and lettering and lock that in, I mean, I think everything should go retro. To, to your point on juice and being a Coors Light guy, I mean, I don't know if this photo exists. Maybe, you know, a loyal listener can dig it up. But can't you just see? I mean, I, I, again, I don't know if this photo is real or if I'm just imagining it. Can't you just see that guy at, like, a college party in, like, 2009 slamming, like, a Keystone while wearing, like, a popped collar and cargo shorts? Like, that guy... Like, that photo exists somewhere with, like, a backwards hat, long, flowing, curly hair, popped collar, cargo shorts, keystone in his hand, talking to a couple babes, and now he's graduated to a Coors Light guy. <laughs> I don't think you could do juice like that, man. Uh, he he might have been cargo shorts. I mean, I think most of us were, but he was never too preppy, and he was he was never he was never popped collar. He did have the long, flowing hair, uh, but we'll, we'll have to check in with him on the keystone. It had to have been a Keystone guy. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's an interesting interesting question. I don't know if uh, any like the locality plays into it, um, like wh- where you're from, what you drink. Uh, like, do do you think there's any any of that that plays into it? Um, you know, I I I don't know. Um. You would think, but the costs are so similar. Like, you know, you walk in any beer distributor, it's it's pretty similar. Um, I associate them more with seasons, though. Like, Bud Light, to me, feels like more of, like, your summer summer type of beer. Um, Miller Light, I've always associated with the Eagles. Um, you know, obviously, they got the, the flight deck. They got the Miller Light tent always in there before the game. Um, and then Coors is just like kind of that random beer, you know, that you get at family functions. So I don't know. I mean, maybe, you know, Philly people drink this or drink that and Bucks County people drink this or drink that. But to me, they're like seasonal, seasonal beers. Yeah. I, I don't know where I stand on that. I wanted to say like your, your bought in your Coors is more like your, your city folk or your your outskirts folk and then your Miller is like your, your suburban people and, and your country club people. But I, I don't think it's defined. I think people just kind of have a preference. Um, but yeah, I, I think the, the, the point about people that, that rip guys like us that drink light beer, I, I find that hilarious because are, is anybody really drinking it for the taste? I, I don't think so. No, you're drinking it to get blasted. And, and, and lest we forget, you know, the TV show, I think, that was one of my favorites of all time. I think many, you know, red-blooded Americans, one of, their, one of their favorite TV shows, Entourage. What were they drinking, G? They were drinking Bud Bottles. Bud Heavy. That's a classic. That's that's a classic label and, and classic look. You're right. I think Bud Light's got to trend back to that because I just think about like a – being in a bar down the shore, you talked about Bud Light being a summer beer. Like I, th- I think about somebody slapping a Bud Light bottle, you know, in a, in a hot, humid bar that's ice cold and it's just sweating on that blue label. Something about that just yep. rubs me the wrong way. I can't can't do it unless I have to. But it's all good. Uh, 
our other question, and this will this will round us out, uh, unless you got anything else to add. But let's answer the question first. Uh, this one comes in, and it'll get everybody in the holiday spirit. They didn't even ask for me, Bomb. The people are asking for you. What is Bomb's favorite Christmas song? Um, so I'll, I'll throw that to you, and then you know I got a couple in mind. If anybody would care to to hear to hear mine, or maybe we'll go top three. But what is your favorite Christmas song? Oh man, man, gee, this is uh, this is a tough one, man. There's a lot um, of good good jams out there. Favorite Christmas song? Holy hell! <laughs> Why don't you lead it off? Because I feel like I feel like my head is is spinning right now. All right, so I think a lot of people know that that I'm like a a, a bubblegum pop guy, uh, and and I'll get to that. But maybe it does even play into my number one song. But I think in terms of like a classic and like an oldie, my number one Christmas song would have to be Wham's Last Christmas. I think that's a banger. I think you get the guy belting out some some big notes, some big tunes down the stretch of that song. Um and it's yeah, it's just it's just got good vibes. You hear it every year. I I'd never turn it off. It's not one that you, you gotta flip off, you gotta crank it up and jam out. Um a newer a couple of newer ones that, that I think gotta be in the top three. Um, uh, you know, even my parents, they're they're into it. You know, they 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 play the uh the four hundred channel whatever christmas tunes that come on and uh the jonas brothers you know i went to the concert last year uh i think it's you make every day feel like like i think it's like it's christmas is the song jonas brothers like it's christmas that's a banger uh and then also my pop uh ariana grande uh santa baby the end of that song when they get like the whole chorus uh, or the whole choir behind her sing, singing the chorus of that song. Uh, that's one you got to crank up when you're driving around looking at the Christmas lights. So those are my top three. I have an honorable mention as well. It's, you know, it's a song that's sang by many people. There are many renditions. And I think you got to go to YouTube to dig this one up. But the fellow Ruben Stuttered, the big man from American Idol back in the day, he did a rendition on YouTube of this Christmas and he's got the band playing. This guy rips a guitar solo. He's got the backup vocalist. Ruben Stuttered's This Christmas on YouTube is also a banger. He belts it out. I mean, by the end of the song, he's dripping sweat off his head. It's a, it's a great rendition. So let's see if that that gets your uh, your gears turning a little bit on the Christmas tunes. Yeah, those are those are all good picks. Um, I mean, a lot of classics in there. I'm gonna give you a wild card. Okay? Here we go. And I don't know if this is just because your boy Bomb just got back from uh, from Ireland. So, so I, you know, I get back from Ireland. Man, it's like it's like a, it's like a, a freaking Hallmark movie over there, dude. I guess it's because it's a it's a you know a predominantly Christian uh, you know country. But holy hell, you go into Dublin, it's like it's literally lit up like a freaking Hallmark movie. You walk into the bars, they're playing all the jams, they're singing all the songs, they're playing all the Christmas songs. People are singing along, everybody's having a great time. And I think I you know, I'm going to I'm going to go with a little bit of a wild card here. Fairy Tale of New York by the Pokes. 
I don't even know if I know that song. I'd probably know it if I heard it. I think you would know it if you heard it. I okay. think the, you know, if you read the lyrics, I think you'd get a kick out of it. But the, uh, they were originally, I think, going to call it uh, Christmas Day in the Drunk Tank. <laughs> so gives gives you a sense of, uh, you know, the, the song and the lyrics, et cetera. But, uh, yeah, I think if you heard that, um, I mean, it's like kind of an upbeat song. It's a good song. Um, I'm going to go with that. A little bit of a wild card for you. So is it is it for like the, the jam, the tune itself, or, or more so the message or the combination? Uh, all the above. And what's it called again? I got to look this up now. I'm going to listen to it after after we're done here. Fairy Tale of New York. Fairy Tale of New York by The Pokes is Bob's number one song. You got a, you got a top three or any honorable mentions? Nah, man, you, you covered a bunch of them. You know, the song wow. I can't stand, though, is, uh, you know, the, the Mariah Carey. Yeah, I think it's it's overplayed. It's overplayed. Every every ba- basic every basic bish is uh, on and on. They love this. It's it's so bad. Um, They're jumping around. Yeah, it's like just too much. Like, come on. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I said Santa Baby, but the Ariana Grande song is Santa Tell Me, and the Joe Bro song is Like It's Christmas. Um, what do you think about that NSYNC song? Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. It's that might be one that's getting getting a little tired on me. Yeah, it's a good one. I mean, but again, I think a little overplayed. Um But it's a classic, you know what I mean? NSYNC was hot when we were when we were younger. Hell yeah. Big NSYNC guy. Um Yeah, that's uh that's our Christmas Carol breakdown um anything else to to get to tonight bomb anything else you wanted to bring in from your time off or or thoughts nah nah let's uh let's just wrap these guys up in bubble wrap g get get that first round by wrap them up like a holiday present january yeah beat the bears wrap the boys up in bubble wrap uh and move on to the next. It'll be Cowboys week next week. We'll have to bring the juice. Uh, but until then, we hope everybody has a great week, great weekend. And we'll talk to you during Dallas week. Peace. Peace.